And here we are once again at uh, 7 minutes after 7 on your Monday evening, ready to roll for the first edition of the Employment Hour this week. Dave Vaughn, as Alex just mentioned, is covering it for the hour. Oh, 50 minutes anyway. Lots of time for you to call in, ask your questions. Phone lines have been cracked open, and they are off hold, which means we are ready for you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You also have the option of one 225 talk That number is completely toll-free. We're going to talk about termination and severance tonight, maybe get through a few emails. By the way, you want to send one over in the meantime, help at employmenthour.com. Is that email address? We'll make reference a few times, I would imagine, to the severance pay calculator. That is the first place you want to go, even before you pick up the phone and call Lior or Dave, and you want to find out how much severance you are owed. Severancepaycalculator.com. Over 550,000 people, over half a million people have used it. And in fact, I think we're close to six at this point. So check it out yourself, even if just for interest's sake. If not, there's a contact button at the bottom to put you in touch with Dave or a member of the... Uh, the law firm and carry on from there but we always start big fella with a couple stories we call the week that was what is happening in your world yeah the uh, two stories i wanted to talk about this week the two cases um have a consistent theme and that is uh, unique circumstances that speak to the reasonable notice period and the amount of severance the employee uh, is going to get and the first one uh involved an employee with uh just over 28 years of service and uh, she was off for two years uh, on a medical leave. And, um, you know, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but there was physical, uh, visible, um, you know, medical, uh, it was a visible medical condition. So if you meet her, you understand that she has, she's going okay. through medical issues. It prevents her from working uh, for the time being. And uh, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't permanent, but she was working towards getting better. Her employer uh, lets her go as part of a general restructuring. And so she wasn't targeted. Uh, it was quite clear that she was not targeted. And so it's not a human rights issue. Um, but, you know, it, it's... And then they offer her a severance package. And the, the severance package they offered her was uh, 15 months uh, severance pay. And, and it's really not a... I mean, it's definitely less than she should get um, if she goes to court. But it wasn't a, a terrible offer. Uh, so it was a lump sum payment, so she gets all of it. Uh, she can mitigate whenever she wants. And that's how the company sold the severance package. But the you know, obviously the the counter counter response to that was she can't look for work right, right now. She's unable to even start thinking about returning to work right now. Um, that doesn't mean it's permanent. And you know what? She wanted to, to she wanted to start doing that. She wanted to start you know getting her resume ready and, and all that stuff and, and making contact. But she wasn't able to start looking for work. And when she was was going to be able. She would have medical restrictions. So anyone who she's meeting with for the first time is going to might be, you know, a little hesitant to hire her because, you know, there are medical restrictions there. So it's going to make her ability to secure a new job, um, you know, that much harder. So in response, um, you know, we, we did, uh, you know, start a negotiation and, uh, you know, I said she could get, uh, you know, as much as uh, 26 months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spoke with the, uh, the company's representative and, and they said, you know, I can go up to 20 months. And in that case, in most cases, that's, you know, that's probably a reasonable offer because it gives yeah. her 20 months to get a new job. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I just said, that, you know, these are the circumstances that described the, the disability and, right. and you know, just how, how obvious it was and how it was going to be a huge problem for her to get a job and, you know, may actually have you know, impacted her ability to ever work again um, in terms of just the, the you know, discrimination she feared sure. um, when going for jobs. And that's just the reality of it. And uh, after, you know, going back and forth with her lawyer a couple times, we were able to get a 24-month severance package. 
Mm, and nice. and that was just because you know they realized that, that there was no way you know that you know they could refuse to pay that but we were going to be able to go all the way to court and get that for her so they did the right thing and gave it to her through the negotiation process and you know in most circumstances she probably wouldn't have gotten that severance package right. um, based on her just her age years of service and position and uh, she was in her low 50s and um you know the, someone probably would have uh you know she could have gotten less than that in court but just this, the medical circumstances um, yeah. you know, ne- necessitated that type of a severance package. I know you got a, another week that was you want to talk about, uh, Dave, but we're going to bounce over for a sec. Don't want to keep them waiting. Rob, thanks for, for calling in already. How are you, pal? Um, I'm okay. Yep. Okay, what's going on? Well, thank you for taking my call. I, sure. um, I, <laughs> I've been employed with a, a large public sector employer for uh, eight and a half years, and um through a restructuring and uh, change of circumstances, basically, um, they uh, they gave me uh, my walking papers uh, uh, last week. I'm 65 and a half years old, and uh, um, they're offering me 32 weeks and um, an offer of ex- uh, continuing my uh, extended health benefits, like till till April. And I've been listening to your show a number of times, and that. Uh, seems uh, pretty inadequate to me but yeah and uh, what was your position uh, Rob uh, I was a, I'm a, a manager okay so you're in a managerial role eight and a half years of service um, and you're 65 and the, the severance package is 32 weeks so about seven and a half months um, yeah that, that's definitely uh, too low um, given your age uh, years of service and a managerial position uh, I, I think you'd probably get as much as 12 months uh, severance pay, uh, so you know that's that's quite. You're, you're looking at about 20 weeks uh, difference, right? Wow. Um, so what I would recommend you do, Rob, is give us a call, and um, you know we can help you negotiate a better severance package. Uh, okay, and um, they they've asked for uh, you know they gave a, a date that I have to get back to them by, as long as I kind of get back to them and say. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to accept your offer. Is that uh, sufficient? When's the date uh, that it's due back, Rob? November 1st. Okay, so that's <laughs> Thursday, right? So, yeah, that's very common, and we talk about it on the show a lot, the uh, the deadline that employers provide, and I find in most cases I, I find it's uh, about a week um, that they give you. And uh, I've said this many times, the... the the deadlines are irrelevant in the sense that it doesn't change your legal entitlements. It's uh, just a pressure tactic, right? It is, yeah. And, right. you know, if, if, if you want to take the deal, if it's a great deal that you want to jump on, um, you know, you, you sign and you want to get it closed up, you, you sign back within that time. But it should never prevent you from getting legal advice, having a uh, lawyer review the uh, separation package. And um, more importantly, in your case, because you're not accepting their offer, um, or, or you shouldn't, um, based on what you've told me, uh, the deadline's irrelevant. Uh, so what I would recommend you do is get in touch with us. Don't say anything else to, to, the, to the company in the, at this time. Call us tomorrow. We can uh, you know, just go over everything for you, review any contracts there are, and uh, you know, discuss any of the other, other circumstances that may impact your severance package and the amounts you're owed. And then we can connect, you know, contact the company and, and go from there. Okay, that's great because it says very clearly that the release is without cause, which yeah. So it sounds like yep. it's a without cause termination, right? Um, th- there was no performance issues from under no, what you're no, saying, and zero. you know the, they're allowed to let you go. Um, yeah. They don't need to provide you with a reason, but they they do have to provide you with a fair severance package. And you know, given the the, the circumstances for, of what you've told us, um, I, I don't believe that 32 weeks is good enough. So I think uh, you should get more than that. 
Rob, thanks for uh, for reaching out. Here is the number to carry on tomorrow. Uh, give Dave a call, please. one 855 Again, one 855 or help at employmenthour.com. That is why we do the show, and that's why that phone call is so important. Hey, Dean, uh, good evening. How are you? Not too bad. Yourself? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Uh, not too much. I called uh, a couple of weeks ago. I had a question about my uh, daughter got terminated. Yep. And uh, she called you guys. Everything went uh, just exactly like your commercial says you guys do. It went really well. Yep. Good. But uh, we did find out that uh, because she had signed a contract, and basically the small print in the contract stated that she wasn't able to get any severance because of the of the way she was terminated. And my question would be is, like, how could you, as looking for a job and starting for a job, instead of worried about being fired, how would you be able to try and protect yourself as looking for a job so that you wouldn't, uh, you know, suffer the circumstances my daughter did where uh, in the contract and basically the fine print told her that she could not uh, get any severance uh, upon mm-hmm. termination? Yeah, it's a great, uh, great question and uh, highlights a very, you know, important issue. And a lot of the time when you're signing up for a new job, you're accepting a new job, there are there is going to be an employment contract, an employment agreement, and that may contain a provision that limits your termination entitlements. And um, I obviously, I don't know the circumstances of your daughter's uh, employment contract, but, um, you know, if it is, you know, well drafted and, uh, you know, the, the employee signs it prior to starting the position, um, you know, it's going to be enforceable. And so rather than, you know, getting your severance based on, you know, the common law and the severance pay calculator, it's actually limited to what it says in the contract. And sometime that's a for- sometimes that's a formula. Other times that's a, uh, you know, it limits, it limits it to the Employment Standards Act minimums. Um, you know, the only really way to you know, avoid that or, or to you know, avoid having you know, that type of issue arise um, is to negotiate uh, to get rid of that. And, um, you know, unfortunately, some employers won't budge on that. So then the decision becomes, you know, do I accept the job or, or do I, uh, you know, and sign the contract and sign the termination provision or do I not take the job? Um, but, and I know that that's a very difficult decision for a lot of people. So it'd really be up to the person to decide whether he should question working here because they have such restrictions. That, yeah, that, that, that's true. But, you know, in some circumstances, you know, it, people are more worried with, you know, worried about their job and, you know, earning a living as opposed to thinking about what's going to happen if I get fired, you know, get, get fired and lose my job. Uh, so it does right. put the person in a tough position. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, those, you know, if the termination provision is drafted properly and the contract's introduced, you know, legally, then, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's nothing you can do. And that is an unfortunate situation. And that's why, you know, whenever an employee is either getting a new position within a company, so they're already employed, or they're leaving a company, like leaving secure employment for another job, that's the best opportunity to negotiate those t- types of things. Because, uh, you know, you, you're not going to, you shouldn't quit a job to go to a job that is going to restrict how much they owe you upon severance or, yeah. or upon uh, termination. Oh, okay. Well, I kind of thought that's the way it would go, but I wasn't sure if there was a different way you could approach it. But yeah, in, in most cases, um, difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. It's a tough, tough spot to be in. And uh, apart from negotiating, um, you know, that's there's not much you can do about that. Right. Oh, well, 
Well, thanks a lot for the tip, and uh, have a great show, guys. It's been uh, great talking to you. Yeah, our pleasure. Uh, thanks, Dean. Really, uh, really appreciate you calling in and you listening uh, for several weeks. You appreciate that as well. I mean, that, that kind of highlights something what Dean just said there. He goes, you know, how do you go about doing this, not thinking about getting terminated, but getting hired on the new job? How do you navigate this? And we've said on the show, you said, I've said, Lee, yours said, you know, when you sit down, even if it's a new job, not being, you know, induced by another company or, or, or a, a contract that's midstream and you're already employed, even if it's a new job, pick up that employment contract and just think in your mind, how does this look if I'm getting fired tomorrow? That, you know, the pay is fine. The vacation's fine. We all look at that stuff. How much vacation am I getting? What benefits am I getting? What kind of pay am I getting? But you got to think at the back end of the employment, right? Not the front end when you're first getting hired, right? Yeah, you, you should. And, uh, you know, that's obviously the amount of whether you sign that's going to come down to how much you need the job. Right. And that's why right. in those circumstances, when you are otherwise employed, um, you know, it obviously doesn't make sense to make a jump um, to another company if they're going to re- limit your termination entitlements. Um, some people have no choice, though. Right. They need the job. Um, mm-hmm. They need need to earn a living and they're not worried about what's going to happen several years down the road. Um, you know, other, you know, so it, it is a tough spot to be put in. Yeah, but and like you said before, usually when a company's hiring you away from another company, they want you, so you, chances are you'll have some leverage there to negotiate some of these things, right? Yeah, that's right. And the other one I noticed I that it comes up a lot in is uh, when when someone's getting a promotion um, with right. a company, and you have to you know ask yourself and ask the company like, is it really worth it? Am I really going to give up you know my current you know terms and conditions of employment, which would give you common law severance pay, um, you know take us you know a pay a pay yeah you know, it's a pay raise and a promotion, but I've all of a sudden given away. Um, you know my entitlements moving forward so um, yeah. that's at least call uh, you know contact our firm to discuss it because at least you, you you can make an informed decision as opposed to finding out later absolutely we're going to take a first break of the night here where you're here till around 10 to 8 plenty of time for you to call in ask your questions as well 416-870-6400 star 640 on your cell and toll free one 225 talk lots more employment hour the Monday night edition is on the way right here on Global News Radio you sure are. Dave Vaughn in the captain's chair tonight. He's taking your phone calls, answering your questions for those calls. It's 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. And the option of one 225 talk is toll-free. You want to send an email over? We try to get to some of those if we have time. In between all the uh, the phone calls, help at employmenthour.com. The second of two week that was, uh, Dave, I want to get back to that before we uh, move back to the phones. What did uh, you have in mind? Yeah, the other one uh, is... It's similar uh, concept to the uh, first uh, mm-hmm. situation we discussed, but uh, doesn't appear that way on the, on the uh, surface. So in this case, I had a three-year employee who's 38, um, senior position, and let go and offered three months worth of severance pay, and you know is based on the month per year um, view or misconception. And um, given the seniority of the position, that would not be enough. Um, but what made this even, you know, made a, a worse offer um, than uh, than otherwise would be that the, he had a 12-month non-compete. Oh. And the non-compete really impact, would have really impacted his ability to find a new job. Um, so it wasn't like, it wasn't just a non-solicit. It was a broad non-compete in a, in a unique, specialized area with any specialized job. So it effectively meant he would not, you know, work, be able to work realistically for the next year. And all they're paying him is three months. And you know what we said was, look, if you if you want this non-compete in place still, we're going to need, you know, at least to be paid for at least that amount of time. And obviously, you don't want to do that. Um, so first, you're going to have to remove the non-compete. 
Second, even if you do, three months is not enough. I mean, that's almost a starting point. Um, it's going to take this right. guy at least three months to even, you know, start getting you know close to anything. So, um, you know, eventually we were able to convince them that, you know, the, the non-compete was not going to work. Um, you know, they don't want to be paying him to not work. And that was, you know, that was their choice. Um, and so what we were able to do is they removed the non-compete and we were able to get a six-month severance package. Um, and, uh, you know, what that, what this, both of these, um, you know, cases show is that, yeah. you know, we always talk about the age, years of service and position. And those are the really, yeah. the big, the most important factors we look at. That's why they're part of the severance pay calculator. But there's other aspects, there's other factors that come into play. And so it's important that once you do the severance pay calculator and you get that range, also give us a call because there can be things like, you know, medical restrictions, um, you know, a non-compete, you know, a very unique uh, job um, or, you know, educational requirement to, that you have to upgrade, things like that that can really impact um, the severance package. Um, and, and the other, you know, lesson is, you know, people are given these termination packages and they look at it and a lot of time they're just looking at the, the months or the money that's offered, yeah. right? But yep. it's important to look, sometimes look at the, the other issues. Like, you know, are they trying to get me to sign a non-compete? Are they, you know, reconfirming a non-compete that, oh, you know, I signed many years ago that probably right. would be unenforceable, yet I'm now agreeing to it again, which, may, you know, lends it some, some strength. So um, it's important to look at, you know, consider the severance package as a whole and also to look at, you know, so consider other factors um, beyond age, years, uh, years of service and position. The number 416 870 star 640 on cell and also one 225 talk toll free this evening. Lucy, thank you so much for uh, for hanging on. How are you? Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. No Our worries. pleasure. Okay, so I got a situation where um, I was working for a company for a while and they relocated uh, in a, a far distance, so I decided that I was going to look for another job elsewhere closer to home. I have two small children. So I accepted a job offer, um, which I got through a uh, an employment services, and then I was hired on a month later, and I signed a uh, contract uh, to take a position of a financial client services. Okay. Okay, and then when uh, when I started the job, I didn't actually get the position that I accepted. But they gave me a support position. So I've been doing this support position for a while, and my probation period it would end on November 7th. Okay. Okay. Uh, Friday, recently, this past Friday, yeah. I got fired. Okay. With no reason whatsoever. Just during the probationary during the probationary period. Exactly. Is that what, yeah, okay. Okay, but I left a job and I told them, listen, I don't want to go on contract. I can't leave a job and not know that I have a permanent job. So they gave me a permanent job. But they let me go on Friday, even though um, the probation period would have ended on November 7th. I didn't get a reason as to really why. Uh, there might have been just, like, one issue with, like, the company computer. But, uh, you know, I tried to rectify the situation to help the client. But my company didn't really look into how to fix this email issue. Okay, so that was maybe the reason uh, what it was, but I still don't think that would have been my my fault if the company can't rectify a computer or an email issue that they were having. 
in any case, I was just wondering, um, would I be owed severance even though I was on the probationary period? Well, it will depend on your employment agreement. So if you sign an employment agreement that limits yourself to the, you know, your termination entitlements to the Employment Standards Act minimums or says that, you know, has language that the probationary period, they can let you go um, without a reason and, you know, not provide you with anything, then you may not be entitled to severance pay. Um, but you should have that reviewed because, um, you know, the contract isn't always, uh, you know, so simple. Um, so you should give us a call and have that reviewed, um, that contract. Now, how old are you, Lucy? 30 years old. 30, okay. And then you left another job to, to, to work here? Yes. Now, did they recruit you or did you, uh, did you apply for the position? Um, basically, I got it through an employment services. And then after one month, I was signed on um, with the company that I, I uh, had that. Got it, uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, they, they provided me that position. I worked there for a month and then the company hired me on. Okay, so in terms of um, severance pay, it could be limited by the contract, but you'll want to have us review that for you. Um, and you know, if it's if there's you know if it doesn't limit you, then yeah, you would still get severance pay. I mean, it's not going to be a significant amount just because the length of service is only three mo- is less than three months, right? Um, right. But it, it's still it's still possible that you would get uh, get something. So uh, it can't hurt to give us a call, and uh, we can uh, discuss that in more detail. Okay, so you're saying that they can, they, a company is allowed to let you go with no reason at all, and whatever reasons they have, they can let you go. But absolutely, um, right. So, but I, I specifically told them I didn't want to leave my job unless I knew for sure it was going to be, you know, a permanent position. So, um, how long you were know, you at this other job for? Uh, about five years. Okay, so. That situation could be what's called inducement, where you're actually, when you're recruited from a company and, um, you know, it's basically you don't want to go to that other company. You ask for, you know, some some promises of secure employment, long-term employment. They give those to you or at least, you know, imply that. And then, you know, they quickly let you go. And in some cases, you actually get credit for your full length, you know, for your mm-hmm. that service you have with the other company. So instead of, um, and you usually don't get credit for the full amount of time, but um, it could increase the severance package you're owed. It absolutely could. So, And that's another great example of a situation where the age, years of service, and position don't tell the whole story because in your case, you know, you're, you're less than three months of service. However, it's possible that you'll get some credit for that five years. So definitely give us a call because you could be owed you know, more severance pay and you've been given nothing. Lucy, appreciate that call. Here is that number. If you haven't got it already, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Moving right along. Get to uh, to to Jim. There we go. See if we got my phone line working here. There we go. Hey, Jim, how are you, pal? Good, how are you? Good. What's going on with you? Um, I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, my wife works for a company. She's been there for about two years. Now, uh, she has over the – she went into this job not knowing anything about it she learned from the ground up and she does it very well over the past two years she's received many emails from the employer to say you're doing a fantastic job uh essentially telling her she's got a job for life i love what you're doing she's even gotten awards where he put up awards the person who does this the best will get the award she's won it twice 
cheese that's the most uh it was it ran for about a month and a half she won it the most so it was kind of spread out through the company she won it twice nobody else did that right so <clears throat> she's had the employer recently had someone come in that everybody was told she's an efficiency expert and they're trying to sort of train this new person that they brought in on the work that my wife does because she knows nothing about it. She knows she doesn't know how to do this job. So they're kind of training her to do a little bit here and there. And the employer mentioned that possibly they might make a, a two position department, a one and a half position and have that half kind of flowed into different areas when it's busy. So today my wife got, uh, sorry, the entire department, which consists of two people, my wife and her supervisor were told by the boss and sent an email and a, a float sheet to do this. I want to know what you're doing every 15 minutes. Can they do that? That seems uh, ridiculous. Uh, uh, so slightly. Yeah, and uh, you know it's completely sounds completely overbearing. And um, you know what uh, your your wife should do is you know in writing voice her concerns with that. Um, just in terms of you know how you know she's never had to answer to answer to that before, how it's going to impact her ability to do her job, um, and it's just not a practical um, way of performing the job. I mean, employers are allowed to ask for you know updates in, in terms of what you're doing in your job, but um, that is a, that's you know obviously absurd. Um, it's you know not addressed in the Employment Standards Act or anything like that, but um, you know that could uh, you know could be a uh, a constructive dismissal, just in, in the sense that the terms and conditions of employment have changed so drastically. Um, yeah, like it, it's not just her; it's both both of them. Yeah. Uh, now, that... now, as a caveat, the other person who works with her is a relative of the boss, so she, she's not being, you know, uh, they're not being particularly gaming towards her. But I just find it be a little like, okay, you want this person to tell you every fifteen minutes what you're doing when you have an efficiency expert in. Right. Uh, it sounds inefficient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, slightly. Yeah. So, so there's, not, there's nothing against labor code that says they, that that's illegal. No, there's nothing in the Employment Standards Act that prevents that. But um, like I said, it could constitute a change, you know, a significant change in the terms of employment. But the first step would be for your wife to, in email, explain why that's not practical, practical why it's not, um, you know, helping, why it's inefficient. And, you know, if she wants to, you know, propose a, an alternative way that they, you know, keep track of what's been done, um, you know, in response, that, that may help uh, and may work, and that may be a productive way to uh, deal with it. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Jim. Please, uh, please follow back with us when uh, after she sends that email or letter. Want to find out how they how they react, right? Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell, and one triple eight two two five talk to call in and ask Dave a question toll free. That's the way we uh, well, that's the way we roll. Hey, Nigel. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Um, so my daughter got a part time job at one of the fancy jewelry stores in the mall. Um, they've told her that she needs to buy jewelry from them because she has to wear three pieces of their jewelry at all times. Hmm. Now, she's on training right now. She's only getting about three hours. Uh, this week, she's only working one shift. Last week, she worked two shifts. Um, she's not making nearly enough to afford the jewelry that they're telling her she has to buy. So Is there that's anything a, about that anywhere? That's a, well, no, I wouldn't. That's a very unique issue. Um, but. Yeah. You know, obviously, it doesn't really, you know, make sense for her to, uh, to, you know, 
spend more money than it uh, costs. <laughs> I um, mean, what if they decide after the you know the few shifts that she's not working out? Then what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know what I would you know tell her to do is just you know explain the situation to them um, from a practical perspective and just you know ask for some type of uh, you know assistance. I mean, she- in that she regard. did get a little bit of a discount, but it's their standard employee discount. Right. It's just the, I'm sure it's just at cost or a bit more. And so it's probably still expensive. And it's still very expensive. Yeah. yeah if you're not working um, that much, then um, it's obviously not worthwhile. So, um, I yeah. mean, there's no, you know, it's not a situation, I don't think, that comes up a lot. But, um, you know, if I were her, I would uh, definitely talk to the employer and try to figure out some type of a solution that does not involve her um, having to spend her own money on uh, on, okay. on the jewelry. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too. Thanks, Nigel. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that call. That's 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 jackassery at its highest level. So you need to advertise our product, but you have to pay for the product while we benefit from your advertising. Yes. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that's moronic, right? Like yeah. if you, you work at a car dealership, you don't have to drive have to a Chevy because you work at a Chevy dealership. No, yeah. you drive whatever you want. That's not the point. Yeah, she won't be at that job very long. No. Uh, still got some time for you to call in 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one five talk That's toll free for the remainder of the evening, of course, till around, uh, around 10 to tonight. Help at employmenthour.com if you want to use that. You know, basics of termination and severance, really. We go through these, and it's always good to remind people when they're listening how things work and how the basics are done because sometimes people either forget or they just don't know. Labor board, for instance, why can they not help an employee that's lost his or her job? Yeah, the uh, that's a big. Whenever I speak to people, it's uh, you know there's a lot of a lot of time it comes up that oh, I'm going to call the labor board or I'm going to call the ministry um, right after this or, or they already did and um, you know that's when you're dealing with termination pay when you're dealing with severance pay it's a huge mistake because all that the Ministry of Labor can enforce is the minimum standards under the Employment Standards Act mm-hmm. and um, you know that that's you know a week you know it's eight up to eight weeks of termination pay. Um, and up to 26 weeks of severance pay based on your years of service. And to get that severance pay, you have to have a uh, the, the payroll has to be uh, over 2.5 million annually. That's all they can help you with. Whereas, um, and, and if you go through the the labor board, you can't get anything else. You can't then go after your employer for common law severance pay. And you could have someone who uh, you know, long service person, you know, 30 years or something, at a small company whose minimum standards under the Employment Standards Act are eight weeks of termination pay. Yet under the common law would be two years. Could you imagine? So it's a 22 in that scenario, and it's an extreme scenario, but it's a 22-month gap between their minimums and their common law entitlements. And if you go through the labor board, all they can help you to get is those minimums. Um, so that's why uh, it's you know it, it does not make sense in, in virtually all cases to call the uh, labor board. And again, you know, first place to start, severancepaycalculator.com. I understand that even if you start a file with the labor board about this, not not that you've gone through the, through the complete cycle to a conclusion of only getting eight weeks at the end, but even if you start a file with them, you have two weeks to pull that back. If you don't, then you can't go see a lawyer like you. You're bound. You're done, right? That That's the, that's the rule. Um, the courts have discretion to basically put that set that aside, um, but it's still risky. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, you know, and basically in all cases um, does not make sense to go through the Ministry of Labor to get termination or severance pay. Um, and uh, yeah, starting a, starting a file can, you know, can 
set you down the wrong path and it can prevent you from going after them um, under common law. And like when I speak to employers, I always tell them, you know, the best thing, because sometimes uh, some of the employers are worried about people going to the Ministry of Labor or the Labor Board. I say, trust me, that's the best thing that can happen if yeah. you go there, right? Yeah, um, let them go. So, yeah. Yeah, I got you. We'll get to uh, another phone call. We've got some time here. Hey, Nick, good evening. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's uh, what's your concern tonight? Well, I've uh, I've been employed at the same place for the last a uh, little over ten years now. Um, when I signed my contract to come on, uh, I'm not a contract employee. Uh, I'm a salary employee. I was mm-hmm. provided with a, a bonus because I was on a committee. I was removed from the committee, and now what they want to do is they want to tie that bonus up into my salary, which I'm all right with. My concern is that they're looking to reduce it. My average over the last 11 years has been roughly around 9900 bucks, and now they're looking to reduce it to 2500 with no real explanation other than uh, I'm not on that committee anymore. Looking for some feedback. So is the committee is something that you're on, like it's, it's not your primary job, it's just a committee you sit on? Correct. Uh, through the employer? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, you know, a terrible deal on, on two important respects. And the one is, you know, they've, um, you know, are reducing your salary by about, what, 77 grand? By, 20, by, by about 2,500 bucks. Oh, they're only, they're reducing it by 2,500? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and so there's a small, you know, a, a slight decrease in pay there. Um, what percentage of that is of your total, total compensation? about uh 10 12%. Okay. Mm. So that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um and then the committee, did you voluntarily leave that committee? No. And why would you uh get uh you know, why would you get removed from that committee? They downsized the number of people on the committee. Okay. Um so obviously you have not you've not been let go or anything like that, but no. um they are making changes to the to, you know, the terms and conditions of your employment. And, um, you know, a, a change to, you know, duties and responsibilities, like, you know, they, they've obviously changed some of your duties here mm-hmm. or, you know, a part of your job and a reduction in pay um, could amount to a constructive dismissal. It's just the, the issue in your case is going to be the magnitude of the changes. Is it enough to to get to the point of constructive dismissal? And, um, you know, that's all right around if you're talking about a five to 10 percent reduction in pay, that's right around the you know borderline in terms of constructive dismissal. Okay. Um, what I would do, though, is give us a call just to make sure um, you know you're, you're you're handling this properly. Because the issue you want to avoid is allowing them to make these changes. You say nothing about it, and then you know a, month, a couple months from down the road, they take away more responsibilities and reduce your pay more. Um, at the and very and least, what I would that's my concern. Right. So the, to avoid that, at the very least, what I would recommend is telling them and you want to do it in writing that you're you know basically you're not happy with this so you're not it's not like you're quitting or anything like that but you're not happy with this and you can even say you know i'm not going to uh you know i'm not going to accept any other changes um in the event that you do choose to accept these ones okay okay sounds good Thanks, Frank. Appreciate that. You want to follow up at a later date with Dave? No problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I think we do have time to uh, to get Travis in here. Hey, Travis. Good evening. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, bro. What's going on? Good. Listen, I worked for. I, I left the company about three months ago. I was working for them for just under a year, and uh, I was working sixty hours plus a week, and I never got paid any time and a half. Am I eligible for that? 
Uh, what type of job are you? Uh, I was a process server. Okay. Um, yeah, I see a reason. Um, I, I'd want you to uh, give me a call just to go through what, you, what the job was and the contract, just to see if there's any exceptions. But um, you know, I, I would believe would, you should. Would there would there be a, a carve out for something like that for like a process server? There are. Oh, in in terms of uh, doing li- like litigation process. Yeah, like for like serving legal documents. But I was working like you know ten, twelve hours a day, and I never got paid time and a half ever. Were you hourly? Yeah, and you're and you're an employee, not a contractor. Absolutely, employee, hundred percent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely give us a call because uh, that sounds like you could have uh, an overtime claim there. Okay, perfect. All right, thanks, Travis. Hey, guys, have a good night. Travis, appreciate that. You know the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour dot com. Inadequate severance offers. Before we go, I know you get this question all the time. You don't see many adequate ones, and you very rarely see ones that are over adequate. So, what's the average? Of not adequate enough, I would say ninety-five percent. Oh, that's charming. At most, <laughs> really? I mean, sorry, at, at least. Like, I mean, wow. it's very rare that I see a good one. And you know, I, I, you know, I have had some where there it's a good deal, and I, I tell the person like, this is a good, this is a great deal. Um, take it, take the money, and uh, go get another job. Um, but yeah, absolutely, it's uh, very, very rare. And even sometimes, and uh, we've talked about this before, John, where it looks like a good offer, so it's the months seem reasonable. Maybe okay. the co- the bonus are, isn't in there, or the the commissions aren't in there, or, or the benefits aren't in there, and there's always um, I find there's always stuff like that that's missing. So even when the months are good, how about things like a uh, a big one would be a car allowance. So someone says in a sales position they lost their job, they lose the car allowance, but uh, they don't need the car, but they still get compensated for for the length of time that they're on severance. It it depends on the. Um, how they were using that car um, or, right. or the car allowance and the personal use aspect of it. Um, if it's gotcha. purely, you know, just to compensate you for the, the time, you know, you're using the car for work, um, then no, you wouldn't get it. But if it was a, a form of compensation to, uh, you know, you know, as part of your salary or on top of your salary, then yes, mm-hmm. you should get that. We're uh, pretty much out of time for this week, my friend. Thanks, and appreciate good job all the phone calls as well. You want to follow up with Dave now that the show is done for the night. That is real simple, one 821 5900 It is Back here on Wednesday night, the weekend shows, and, of course, Employment Hour at 30 on your TV, on Global TV and CTV. That happens on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And always, always check Severance Pay Cal- Later.com before you make any moves and sign anything. Then follow up with a phone call. Going to be back here on Wednesday night. Uh, looking forward to that. We are right back to On Point with Alex Pearson. Coming up next, don't go anywhere on Global News Radio.